As we hunt for the treasures in books, it's easy to believe myths that come along. I don't mean myths in the traditional sense, Greek myths and Roman myths, but myths in the sense of false ideas that masquerade as truth in relation to the world of books. I've never heard any of these myths stated plainly, but I'm sure you and I have both seen them promoted in advertising and the way books are arranged in libraries and on the bookshelves of new and used bookstores. It's safe to say that these myths have made at least some influence on all of our thinking. It's up to us, dads, to recognize these myths for what they are and work to steer our families away from them and toward what is true. Hi friends, welcome to the Treasure Box Books Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ching, a redeemed child of God, happy husband, homeschooling dad, and lifelong book lover. Fellow dad, are you tired of seeing your children distracted by devices or wasting their time on twaddle? and you want to fill their hearts with truth and faith and wisdom and courage? Do you wish you could build growing, lasting, God-centered relationships with your family? If you're ready to inspire and equip your children to walk with God by learning and living together, then come join us on our journey, and let's go find the treasures in books. It's safe to say that these myths have made at least some influence on all our thinking. And it's up to us dads to recognize these myths for what they are and to work to steer our families away from them and toward what is true. There are at least six myths that I want to encourage you to be on the lookout for, to protect your thinking against, and to guard your family from. Myth number one, old books equal good books. That's a myth. Now, don't get me wrong. I love old books. My idea of a great time is spending a couple of hours in an old used bookshop browsing through the spines of old books. But just because it's an old book doesn't mean it's a true book or that it's a good book. Recently, I was scrolling through an online collection of old out-of-print, copyright-expired books, and I was just thankful that my children were not in the room to see what was on the covers of some of those books. They were old books, but they were definitely not good books. Myth number two. Little children need dumbed-down books and cartoonish illustrations for them to understand. This has got to be one of the most prevalent myths floating around out there. If you're not familiar with this myth, just go to the children's section in your local library. Randomly pull a few books from the shelves and you'll see what I mean. But even preschool-age children in a family where real books are read can see through this myth. Some of the younger children have seen some of this dumbed-down content and have said to my wife, that's not realistic. There may be a time for silly cartoon-style artwork in a book. I mean, which of us doesn't like to read Go Dog Go? (laughs) 
or Are You My Mother? But I've been far more pleased when my children appreciate the quality art and storytelling in books by authors like Robert McCloskey and Virginia Lee Burton and Holling Clancy Holling and Laura Ingalls Wilder and Gloria Rep and Lee Roddy. They don't have to have dumbed down silly illustrations to be appealing to children. Myth number three. If it's a children's book, then it's appropriate for children. Oh, this can be a dangerous myth. Did you know that YouTube's Kids Channel has been promoting alternative lifestyles on the Kids Channel, where it should be safe for kids? And we see the same thing happening in the children's section in libraries and books. We have a book of 100 classic children's stories. Most of them are worth reading. Some are fluffy. A few are downright bad. And in my home, I've said to my children, we're not going to read that story. No, no, let's, let's skip that. That's not a good story. Just because it's a children's book does not mean it's appropriate for children. In order to mold the thinking of the German people in pre-World War II Germany, the Nazi party produced a series of comic books aimed at children, showing them how terrible the Jewish people were. It was false. It was completely wrong. But they were children's books. Just because a book is written for children, or drawn for children, or published for children, does not mean that it is appropriate for children. Myth number four. Christian authors and Christian publishing companies always produce only trustworthy content. Now that is a myth. That is a big, fat balloon full of hot air. Let's pop that myth balloon right now. Christian bookstores, the brick-and-mortar kind and the online kind, are full of books written by well-known pastors and authors, printed by Christian publishers, but to call their content biblical would require a stretch of the imagination. One of my family's favorite books is a collection of missionary stories. We love this book. But there is a part of that book that has something terribly wrong, and whenever we come to that part, I point out the error to my children, and I teach them the truth. In case you're wondering what it is, the author puts words in Paul's mouth in Acts 16, claiming that he told the Philippian jailer to be baptized in the name of Jesus to be saved. If you know your Bible, you know that's not what Paul said. Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So just because a Christian author or a Christian publishing company wrote it or produced it does not mean that it is trustworthy. Myth number five, we should read only authors who agree with us 100%. Actually, following this line of thinking can produce what a wise older pastor, my father, <laughs> called inbreeding. If you never read authors who write from perspectives different from you, you'll never grow. You'll never learn. Just recently, I finished listening to an audiobook about George Washington, and it downplayed his faith in God. It downplayed the role of biblical faith in his life. I know that's wrong, but I benefited from the other historical information contained in the book. And I was inspired by some of the things that I learned in that book. Just because an author doesn't agree with you 100% doesn't mean you can't read it or listen to it. The fact is, no one is 100% like you. And aren't you glad that's true? I mean, would you have married your wife if, if she was, if she were 100% like you? 
Myth number six: If it's worth reading, it must be written by a well-known or popular author. That's a myth. On my family's lists of favorite books, we have several authors that are not very well known. In fact, that's one reason we see many books as treasures. They're hidden away. Very few people seem to know about them. They have to be rediscovered before they can be enjoyed. Have you ever heard of Egerton Ryerson Young? Have you ever heard of Louise A. Vernon? Have you read anything to your family by Arnold E. Treaty? These are a few examples of the not so well-known authors whose books will keep your children asking for just one more chapter, please, Daddy. Myths abound, and they are convincing. Don't believe every word you hear or read. Proverbs fourteen fifteen says, "The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going." Philippians four eight says, "Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest." Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. If you heard something helpful today, or feel better equipped to lead your family, maybe you have a friend who could benefit from this episode too. Don't keep it to yourself. Hit share in your podcast app, or take a screenshot of this episode and share it with a friend. Or just post a link on Facebook to treasureboxbooks.com and let your friends know that this episode might encourage them. You can find any links and resources mentioned today on the episode page linked below, or just head over to treasureboxbooks.com and sign up to get our newsletter to keep you informed about future episodes and product releases. And if you've got a book recommendation or experience or idea you'd like to share with other dads, send me an email. My address is Nathan at TreasureBoxBooks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until we meet again, keep leading your family to find the treasures in books.